you're left feeling just a little bit bewildered or a bit unsure or a bit confused. Or maybe I'm just getting old. I don't, I don't, think, it's just, I don't think it's just me. I think the world is kind of getting more and more confusing as time goes on. Why, what makes me say that? Well, look, I think that every day we are bombarded with thousands and thousands of different messages. And hardly any of them seem to say the same thing. They all seem to compete with each other. We're constantly getting mixed messages from all kinds of sources that we have to try and filter out or sort through and unmix so that we can make any sense of what's really going on. And sometimes we get mixed messages because we receive two different viewpoints from different people. You know, that, that might be confusing, but it also kind of makes sense. I wouldn't expect everybody to think exactly the same way about an issue, so we hear two opposing viewpoints, and that's fine. But sometimes I think it gets really confusing when we seem to get mixed messages even from the same source. I mean, I found a few pictures. Sometimes, sometimes we come across stuff, if we could have that first picture. Like, that's a confusing image right there. I'm not... That would take me a while to interpret. What am I supposed to do here? What about the next one? Okay, so that is a confused. That is there is a mixed message going on there. Although I think, I think I can think of one situation where that would be actually the right thing to say. But um, I don't know. It's a bit confusing. What's the next one there? Yeah, no pets allowed, but all pets must be on a leash. So what's the message? I'm not. I'm. I'm confused. What am I? What am I supposed to take away? What about? What about the next one? Trash only, no garbage. Now, I don't know what the difference is between trash and garbage, but maybe there is a difference, but that would be a very confusing message for me. What about the next one? That's really helpful. Uh, somebody went a little bit overboard with their painting, I think, and they just got something confused, but it is a very confusing message. I'm getting two messages from the same place. What's the next one? Oh, man, that one messes me up. Like I could spend an hour looking at that and just not know which button am I, am I supposed to be the button next to the down arrow or the button that the down arrow is pointing to? Or is the down arrow the button and the light just comes up? I don't know. It's a mixed message. I really don't know what the elevator is trying to tell me. I mean, churches do it too, of course. Now's a good time to visit. Our pastor is on vacation. <laughs> bit like today, I guess. A bit like today. Um, the next one's probably worse. We love hurting people. We love hurting people. So, like, hey guys, you, you might be sending a message that you're not trying to send. I think that you might have got that slightly wrong. Have you ever had a conversation with someone where the words come of that, coming out of their mouth are saying one thing, but the overall vibe coming from their tone or from their facial expression or from their body language is saying something else? Have you ever asked anyone a question and the answer was fine, but you, for some reason, couldn't really be confident that truly they really meant fine? You know what I'm talking about. You know, fine. Like somehow that word and the sound don't seem to line up with each other. In fact, it happens so often that just recently I tried to tell somebody something was fine by a text. I said, that's fine. And they had to... I had to... to um, Three times I had to say, no, no, I actually mean it's fine. I don't mean it's not fine. I mean that it's fine. And I had to keep justifying that what I had sent via text was actually what I meant because we hear fine so often meaning not fine that we no longer know what fine even means. Have you ever tried to tell your children to stop doing 
something wrong or the wrong behavior, but you're laughing out loud at the same time because what they're doing is so funny, even if it is the wrong thing. The message kind of gets mixed because for a little kid, a three or four-year-old, if dad's telling them no but laughing, well, they want to keep dad laughing much more than they want to listen to the word no. So if your body language and your tone don't match the words that you're saying, you end up with a mixed message and people end up confused. But what's been going on in me over the last few months is I've realized that with some mixed messages that I hear from the world, confusion isn't the problem for me anymore. It's not, the issue I have is not that those mixed messages are making me confused, it's that actually they're making me a little bit upset. And if I'm being honest, sometimes I found myself maybe actually getting a bit angry about some of the mixed messages that the world seems to put at me. And a number of weeks ago, I started to get frustrated with the confusion. I started to get frustrated with all the noise and the confusion that these mixed messages, these mixed signals were giving me. I got frustrated that I could read numbers of different stories and quotes from people and companies with what they called inclusive policies, but that if you don't 100% agree with their inclusive policy, you're out. So I'm confused. Is that, is that inclusive or exclusive? I don't quite understand the language that's being used. I got frustrated that within a few days or even a few minutes of each other, I could read a story in the media about the tragedy of youth suicide rates in our nation, the desperate need to instill hope in the lives of the next generation, to help them understand their value and worth, and then moments later read articles extolling the virtues of changing how we handle choices available to those at the end of their life or deal with those not yet born. And it's a mixed message. It's confusing. Do we value life or do we not value life? Is there hope to offer or is there no hope to offer? These messages seem to be competing with each other. I got frustrated when trying to grapple with the stories and opinion pieces around the issue of gender equality between men and women in the workplace and on the sports field, while at the same time reading and hearing media pieces on gender fluidity, the place of transgender athletes using non-binary gender pronouns. It's confusing. It's a mixed message. How can I begin to understand the issues with one of those messages while I'm still getting a whole lot of noise about the other message, which seems to be competing with it? Now, I know that I have just mentioned some fairly complex, complicated, and controversial issues, but there are so many examples of competing issues or competing messages in social media and in mainstream media, that they give you such mixed mixed singles, that's a tennis game, mixed signals that you start to wonder how you're supposed to deal with any of it. And I have to admit, I started to complain to God a bit. God, why is the world like this? How can they be so hypocritical? How am I supposed to work through all the muck and all the confusion? How can I get rid of these mixed messages. I could kind of feel myself starting to turn into that grumpy old man sitting on his porch and yelling at people to get off his lawn, you know. And then I strongly felt God impress upon me, well, what about you, Dave? What mixed messages are you giving off? What about your family? What about your music team? What about the church? What about your job? What noise and interference is there around your life that is stopping your message from getting through clearly. A bit of a gulp moment. Right? Last week, uh, Dad preached here, as he said, and he, he spoke about the gospel. 
He spoke about the good news. He said, it's good news that will bring great joy to all who hear it. But if it's such good news, and if it brings such great joy, why are so many people still ignoring it or rejecting it? And I'm starting to think that one of the reasons may be is that because I or we too are giving off mixed messages. So I'm on a journey at the moment. I'm trying to go through a process in my life of eliminating mixed messages. Or to put it into perhaps a more positive framing, I want to bring clarity to the message of my life. And I'm pretty sure that this is a journey and a process that will take the rest of my life. I believe there are three things that need to be in alignment for me, in order for me to eliminate mixed messages. My thoughts, my words, and my deeds. It isn't difficult to find guidance in the Bible in terms of how we should think, speak, and behave. After all, if you think about it, our, our, our thoughts, our words, and our deeds, pretty much that's the summation of our whole life, right? So the Bible has a lot to say about those three things. I'm just going to rattle off just a very few samples of some, of some passages that the scriptures bring about these three things. The thoughts. 2 Corinthians 10.5 says, We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Philippians 4 verse 8 says, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, Whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Those those are our thoughts. But our words, it has something to say as well. Colossians 4 verse 6, Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Ephesians 4 29, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs that it may benefit those who listen. Psalm 141 verse 3, Set a guard over my mouth, Lord. Keep watch over the door of my lips. And it talks about our deeds. 1 John 3.18, Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. James 3.13, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. That is just a tiny, tiny fragment of the passages that deal with our thoughts, our words, and our deeds. And those three things are what tell other people the story of our lives. Our thoughts, our words, our deeds. And the three things are all interconnected. One thing leads to another. Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Proverbs tells us, as a man thinks, so he is. Um, I've got a bit of a confession to make this morning. One of the tasks I have in my role in the church is uh, each week I gather together all the information and all the elements that go into our Sunday services and I put them into a run sheet and then get that information out to all the people who are involved across the campuses. It's it's things like what songs are we singing, uh, who's preaching, what video or media uh, do we need to show? What's, what's the order of the service? What announcements are happening? All that sort of thing. And just a couple of weeks ago, Dad was preaching, going to be preaching at Levita on Sunday. And he rang me during the week to say that he'd like to have communion after his message because his message led into that. And he also wanted a particular song 
sung by the team after his message so that the whole thing could, could flow together. Now, I knew that Dad was then coming out here the week after, which was last Sunday. And so I thought, oh, that's cool. Um, he'll probably want to do communion at Selwyn the next week as well because he's preaching there. And so Sunday came and went, and uh, early the next week I was talking to Beck Smith about, hey, what songs are you going to do at Selwyn this week? And I mentioned that Dad will probably want to do communion because he did communion at Levita, uh, and so he's coming and preaching at Selwyn, so he will probably want to do communion after his message. My thought... My thoughts became words. I had a thought, probably do communion, and then I'm having a conversation, hey, Dad's probably going to do communion. And the next day, Dad sent me a text asking for the same song that he'd wanted the week before. I would like this song, please, after my message. Of course I thought, because he's preaching the same thing, he'll want the same song, he's going to lead into communion. That's great. So on Friday, as I put the run sheets together, I wrote down the songs, I listed who was leading, who was preaching, who was running the service, and in the order of service, I had the preaching, the song, and then communion. So my thoughts became words, and my words became an action, which all makes sense, right? There's no problem. Nobody's confused at this point. That all makes sense. But before the service on Sunday morning last week, Julia, who had, of course, seen communion on the run sheet, turns to Dad and said, how would you like communion to run? And Dad said, I didn't ask for communion. And Julia said, well, I didn't ask for communion. So they were sitting there a few minutes before the service wondering, How did communion get on the run sheet and how are we going to do it? And I have a confession, it was me. (laughs) I had a thought, the thought turned into words, the words turned into a deed, and that's what happened last week and you guys had communion and it was lovely, I'm sure. (laughs) I must say I'm pretty pretty chuffed that I can just put something on a run sheet (laughs) and have it happen, right? (laughs) So if you guys are following, you'll notice later there is a love offering for the preacher today, if you can make sure... (laughs) Make sure that happens. Our thoughts, our words, our deeds. But it's not just these things individually. It's how these things operate together. And it's whether these areas of our lives are in alignment with each other. That's what will determine how clear our message is. If my thoughts, and I'm using these words quite broadly, all right? If my thoughts, it's my attitudes, my motivations, my heart, or my internal dialogue, if you like. If they're consistent with the things that I say, the words I use, the comments I make, the conversations I have, what I write, and if my words are then consistent with the actions that I take, my deeds, my outward expression, then my message to people will be clear. It'll be consistent across the three things. But if any one of those three areas starts getting out of alignment with the others, or if they become inconsistent, my message can become muddied. It can get a little blurry. And if any one of those three areas starts to act in an opposite manner to the others, then I have a real problem, and no one will receive any message that I try and give them. Look at this contrast between these two passages of Scripture. I want you to see the difference between them. 1 Corinthians 13, verses 1 to 3, says this. If I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels, but didn't love others... I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy, and if I understood all of God's secret plans, and possessed all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains but didn't love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it, but if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. 
And then in James 2, verses 14 to 17, it says, What good is it, my dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, but don't show it by your actions? Can that kind of faith save anyone? Suppose you see a brother or sister who has no food or clothing, and you say, Goodbye, have a good day, stay warm, and eat well. But then you don't give that person any food or clothing. What good does that do? So you see, faith by itself isn't enough. Unless it produces good deeds, it is dead and useless. So 1 Corinthians 13 shows us that words and deeds, without love, without the right motivation, without the right attitude, without the right internal dialogue going on, well, they're not enough. They don't express the full message. But James 2 shows us that the right thoughts, the right internal dialogue, the right words... But if they're not supported by actions, they're not enough either. In fact, they're dead and useless. But grace-filled, uplifting words, along with supportive and encouraging deeds and actions that are motivated by love, are the things that are going to get the message of the gospel heard. Our thoughts, our words, and our deeds, when working in alignment, will bring clarity to the message that you're telling the world. I was a high school music teacher for 13 years. I have been a parent for nearly 15 years. And I've led the church worship team for more than 18 years. Which is crazy for a 22-year-old, I know. (laughs) But all of those roles have required me to communicate a lot of information to a lot of different people. And there have been times when my message has not got through or my instructions have not been followed accurately. Is anyone surprised that in 13 years of teaching, not every single instruction? No? Nobody's surprised? But I have to admit, in all three of those roles, it's really easy to blame the listener for not hearing my message. It's so easy to say to your kids, you weren't listening properly. Or to say to students, you didn't pay attention or you didn't follow the instruction. And of course, of course, many times that is true. It's true. But... I've tried over the years and not always succeeded, but I have tried. Every time there has been a miscommunication, I've tried to remember to ask myself, what could I have done to make that message clearer? What other words could I have used? What other mediums or methods could I have employed in order to make sure that everyone received the same message? What was it that got in the way of having my message heard? Was I giving off some kind of mixed message? And I feel like those questions are relevant to me as a witness, too. A witness to my neighbors, to my family, to my friends, to people I associate with, to people I meet. What can I do to make my message clearer? What are the right words to say? What other methods can I use to get my message across? Is there anything I'm doing that's stopping them from receiving my message? Am I genuine? Do my actions back up my words? Are my words and actions motivated by love? And do I practice what I preach? Jesus said a lot of stuff to the Pharisees about this kind of thing. And I'm not going to sit in that for too long today, but just one passage from Matthew 23. He said, The teachers of religious law and the Pharisees are the official interpreters of the law of Moses. So practice and obey whatever they tell you, but don't follow their example, for they don't practice what they teach. They crush people 
with unbearable religious demands and never lift a finger to ease the burden. I desperately don't want to be like that. And I can't be like that if I want to spread the message of the gospel. So how do I get there? How do I get my thoughts and my words and my deeds in alignment with each other? How do I live a life that is not sending off any kind of mixed message? Truthfully, the answer is slowly, but deliberately, intentionally. By going through a process, by going through this journey of life, trying to walk in obedience to Christ. By choosing to submit every thought to the authority of Jesus. By asking God to set a guard over my mouth and keep watch over my lips. By determining to have my actions be consistent with the plans and purposes that God has laid out for me in his word. And I'm not there yet, but I hope I'm making progress. We cannot allow our message to get mixed up, distorted, or muddied. We need to continue to clarify the message that our life is speaking. We need to continue the process of having our thoughts, words, and deeds all together proclaim the message of hope that is Jesus Christ. Tim, could I have you come up and get ready? Um, I've just got a few minutes to go. If we are the light of the world, but we don't shine it, then who sees it? If we have the hope of the world, but we don't share it, then who will know it? If we have the love of God, but we don't show it, then who can accept it? If we carry the message of the gospel in our hearts, but we don't speak it, then who will hear it? And this message that we carry, which Dad talked about so clearly last week, which was just so great, but we all know John three sixteen and verse 17. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. That's the message of hope. That's the message of light in the darkness. God so loved the world that he gave. His motivation was love, and his action was a gift of love, and he sent the word of love. Why? So that, in that passage it says, so that all who believe in his son would have eternal life. Jesus, the way, the truth, the life. Jesus, our hope, our salvation. Jesus, our King and Savior who came humbly as a servant to proclaim a message of great joy available to anyone who would believe in him. Even in our mess, even in our brokenness, he desired a relationship with us. A relationship not reliant on our, our righteousness, but on his. A relationship that didn't need us to love him first because he first loved us. And he sent a message to us that is so clear. And it is our opportunity to share that message with clarity with others. Why don't you stand with us? We're going to go into another time of worship. But before we do, I just want to pray. God, we thank you that your message to us is so clear. You send a message of love, a message of hope that anyone who believes can have eternal life. And Lord, we ask that you would continue to work in us. God, that you would bring clarity to our thoughts, that you would, that you would bring purity to our thoughts. 
Lord, that you would set a guard over our mouths that would speak the truth, but we would speak it in love. And Lord, that our deeds would reflect what we say, our deeds would reflect what's in our hearts, and that our deeds would show others that you are the truth, you are the way, you are the life. We give you all glory this morning, Lord. Praise you, God.